What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always with my two co-hosts, John Kegley and David Drogemeyer. We're three writers from San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, who have been covering the Chargers for four seasons now. We're doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And this is our second season with the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys. Well, it's crossover Wednesday, so you know what that means. We're going to be joining the Locked On Lions to break down this game today, but we're going to start with the news of Michael Davis and the fact that he's going to miss some time. He exited early in the Chargers game on Sunday, so we're going to talk about the ramifications of missing Michael Davis and how thin that group is right now, as well as if we think they're going to go out and try to make a move to bring in another body. So we're going to start with that. And then in the second and third segments today, it's going to be David Drogmeyer and John Kegley talking with Matthew Derry with Locked On Lions, discussing how they think this game is going to go, the keys to the game on both sides of the ball, and then wrap up the show with some predictions and how they think this game is going to go down. All right, guys, that being said, let's go ahead and get into it. This is your Locked On Chargers lead story. I'm Daniel Wade, joined as always with David Drogmeyer to talk about the lead story of the day. And David, it has to be the fact that Michael Davis exited the game on Sunday against the Colts with a hamstring injury. And Anthony Lynn talked about it afterwards and said that Michael Davis is going to miss some time. So we have heard everyone rave about how good the Chargers starting three corners are with Desmond King, Casey Hayward, and Michael Davis, and we are all very high on them. But very quickly in that game, David, you saw how much the Chargers missed Michael Davis after he left the game. Normally, you would go to Trevor Williams in this situation, a guy who started all of 2017, basically, and who started the beginning of the 2018 season before he got injured. But David, Trevor Williams is still injured. He was injured in the offseason, and he hasn't been able to come back at all. But they kept him around on this roster. But now you have an injured Trevor Williams on the roster, and now you have Michael Davis injured, which leaves you with only Desmond King, Casey Hayward, and Brandon Faison. Yeah, I mean, that's extremely scary. Very shallow depth and the Chargers have to make a move. I mean, they're very, very thin. We saw on Sunday how exposed they were with Brandon Faison. The Colts went after him repeatedly and found success repeatedly. So they have to make a move. And inexplicably, they actually released a corner from their practice squad, DB Keeman Hall. And so I just don't understand that move. But that also makes me think, hey, they're absolutely going to make a move. They probably are going to bring somebody in. I wouldn't be surprised if it's somebody they're very familiar with, like a Jeff Richards or someone like that. But they can't go into this next game with just three healthy corners. It's just not possible. And we talked about during the preseason that it was frustrating that none of the other guys they brought in, undrafted free agents, you know what you're getting with those guys, but none of them could really stand out amongst the rest of those guys and take a job away from a guy like Trevor Williams, who couldn't get healthy. The Keeman Hall from North Texas, undrafted free agent, was released from the practice squad. So you don't even have a corner on your practice squad right now to bring up to the active roster, even if you wanted to, which is alarming. But Anthony Lynn has already said that 
they are looking to bring in someone else. So I expect that to happen, David. And I actually have a list here from Chargers Wire run by USA Today, and it has a list of six corners that the Chargers could potentially bring in. Brian Body Calhoun, former Brown, David Amerson, a former Cardinal, Orlando Skandrick, and you all know how long Orlando Skandrick's been in the game, Brent Grimes, and Tease Tabor. So, David, these are not familiar names. These are names that have been with other teams and are either getting way up there in age or were higher draft picks or guys that we expected something from that never really turned into anything. So the Chargers are more than likely going to bring someone in. So would you rather have a stopgap type of player like Brent Grimes or like Orlando Skandrick that's getting up there in age, but you don't have to ask very much of them for very long? Or would you rather take a chance at one of these younger guys who has never really panned out and see if you could have a guy like Ron Miles, who's legendary with his coaching ability, try to turn them into something or reach that untapped potential? I mean, for me, I think I'd probably go after a veteran just for a, a couple of weeks with the hope that Trevor Williams is going to be healthy in the very, very near future. I mean, I just think I'd just be a little bit more comfortable with somebody who's been in NFL games and have some success in their career. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Ron Miles is a great coach, but I want somebody who's been on the field and done it before. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think those guys are obviously limited as far as what their abilities are at this age, but they have high football IQ and that can help you out a lot and just being a savvy football player. So we'll see who the Chargers bring in. It's going to have to be during the next couple of days if they want to get somebody up to speed to be able to play this weekend because like we said you cannot go into this game with the three corners that you have right now healthy you just can't do it because if one of those guys goes down there's nobody left on the roster to help you out so somebody is going to have to be brought in we don't think that trevor williams or michael davis is going to miraculously come back this week and i also will say that it's a little crazy just the fact that we're talking about michael davis as a guy that is so important, being an undrafted free agent, he got a lot of chances from this team to succeed, and he's finally doing it. And it's crazy how valuable he's been to this secondary since he's really solidified that starting role. We do have to get into the crossover with Matthew Derry, John Kegley, and David Drogemeyer coming up right after the break. But first, of course, guys, I have to get excited to tell you about my friends over at bluechew.com do you want to feel like mike williams just caught a huge touchdown pass do you want to feel like austin eckler just won the game in overtime with a seven yard rush well i can get you guys that excited in the bedroom with bluechew.com that's blue like the color blue bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know they work you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach and since they're chewable they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. Right now, we have a special deal for our listeners. You can go to bluechew.com right now to get your first shipment for free when you use the special promo code locked on, all you have to do is pay $5 in shipping. The product is free, guys. Make sure you find the better, cheaper, faster choice at bluechew.com. 
Our Locked On Lions, Locked On Chargers, Wednesday crossover. Welcome, everybody. Matt Derry with you in Detroit. Dave Drogemeyer, John Kegley, Locked On Chargers uh, joining me. As we do the crossover here, fellas. Uh, San Diego gets a win. Or San Diego, here I go, right? Uh, L.A. Chargers get the win uh, last week over the Colts in overtime. Lions also go to overtime and tie. This should be an intriguing game, certainly Sunday. Uh, tell me a little bit, guys, about the Chargers and, and, and what you saw in week one. Dave, I'll start with you. Yeah, so, I mean, in week one, uh, I think the Charger fans were expecting the, the Chargers to blow out the Colts, uh, uh, although none of us around this show thought it was a, going to be a blowout. We all thought it was going to be very close, and it definitely turned out to be so. I mean, the Colts ran all over the Chargers, unfortunately. The Chargers had a lead uh, and unfortunately let the Colts slip, you know, really come back in this game. And, uh, you know, it took a, a overtime drive to, to get the W. So very well hard-fought game, not very many penalties. Uh, but it was an exciting one for week one. The first time the Chargers actually picked up a victory since 2015, man. So a big win to start off the season. John, what about the whole Vinatieri angle? How lucky were the Chargers to escape? They were very lucky. We probably shouldn't have won this game. Two missed field goals, a missed extra point, even though you could probably take the extra point off the board since they end up making up for it with the two-point conversion at the end. But the two missed field goals, if you have those on the scoreboard, this game doesn't go to overtime. This game basically came down to that. It was the Colts making mistakes that let us win because we were making mistakes too. If we don't make our mistakes, maybe you have a different case in this game, like Desmond King muffing a punt, Phillip Rivers' interception, dropping some balls, missed tackles, T.Y. Hilton scoring the game, tying touchdown when there was two guys there to make the tackle and he slips out of it, runs down the sidelines and ties the game. Stuff like that is what allowed the Colts to come back. It's not like they outplayed us. We just made a lot of dumb mistakes. We also had Michael Davis get injured and that allowed Brandon Faison to give up a lot of easy catches for the Colts to drive down the field. There's a lot of things going the Colts' way while also having things not go our way except for Benetton missing field goals. Yeah, here, guys, it, it was pretty remarkable what took place on Sunday for the Lions. 24-6 to lead with 11 minutes to go against Kyler Murray and the uh, Arizona Cardinals, one of the worst teams in the NFL, quite honestly, playing without Patrick Peterson, playing without their starting right tackle. And all of a sudden, and the Lions have said all week, and Matt Patricia has said, we didn't let up, we didn't go into a prevent, yet it really looked like they did. They took the uh, the foot off the gas pedal. Uh, all of a sudden, it's 24-9. to Lions start getting some three and outs. Now it's 24-16. It appeared the Lions had the game salted away with just over two minutes to go. Uh, when Stafford hits uh, McKissick, the running back out of the backfield, kind of on a swing pass on the right side when the Cardinals were not really expecting a snap with one on the play clock. And out of nowhere, the refs come in. They say timeout Detroit. Matt Patricia had signaled to Daryl Bevel to call a timeout because the play clock was down to one. Stafford's furious because he thought he got the playoff and didn't need his coach's help. So they replay that play, third and five. Stafford throws deep and complete. Sam Martin's punt is blocked. Cardinals get the football score. And you just know, knowing the history of this franchise here in Detroit, you knew the Cardinals were getting the two-point conversion. They do with ease. Tie the game, go to overtime, and... Uh, ends up both teams kicking field goals, and they settle for a 27-27 uh, tie. First tie for the Lions since 1984, but really here in Detroit, fellas, it, it feels like a loss. Fans are furious, questioning Matt Patricia again here in year two. You know, can he handle the pressure? Can he make the right calls? Can he throw the challenge flag when he needs to? Can he call timeouts when he needs to? And, uh, you know, it, it's, been a, it's been a rough week even though it is just a tie. So we'll 
We'll see how this weekend goes against the Chargers, but obviously a better opponent this Sunday, and yet the Lions find themselves almost in a must-win situation with the Eagles, Chargers, Packers, and Vikings coming up. That is uh, no picnic, that's for sure. The, the Chargers are lucky to get off, uh, get this victory. Like John mentioned, a lot of mistakes, just a lot of ugly football. And, you know, a lot of the stars, uh, starters for the Chargers did not play at all in the preseason. And, you know, it kind of showed a little bit. I mean, the, especially in the run defense, you know, Thomas Davis they brought in, a lot of missed tackles. I mean, he got a lot of tackles, but it's because he was chasing a lot of guys down. It just it wasn't a pretty game. Hopefully, you know, they can knock the rust off and, you know, get get things running again against the Lions. John, I want to ask you about Phillip Rivers because uh, I saw a lot of national guys say, man, his arm strength on Sunday was not there, and it was wobbly passes, and it was it was balls under thrown. Is that, is that accurate, or was just a bad day? I think it's more of the offensive line constantly having guys in his face. He has to hurry but try to get the ball away. We have a really bad offensive line. We didn't we did nothing to address it at all in this offseason. We even lost our left tackle to a health issue, not an injury, a health issue, and he won't be back for six weeks. So we have a guy called Trent Scott playing left tackle who is straight garbage. And <laughs> wow, yeah, I said it. And with that, with the Colts pass rush is getting there on Rivers. I think Rivers was trying to just hurry up and get the ball out of there instead of actually using the arm strength and stuff. But he still was throwing some really accurate throws. He even got a really good jump ball to Keenan Allen for a touchdown. I, some of the balls were wobbly, but they were somewhere off of his back foot. But I wouldn't say it was him getting old or him starting to decline in talent. It was just pass rush getting there. If he gets a little bit better protection, I think he's able to sit there, plant the feet, and actually deliver the strong arm ball we've always seen. I'll tell you one thing, you know, it's funny, here in Detroit, sometimes we talk about Matthew Stafford and who he, who, who he gets compared to and who's ahead of him in terms of the pecking order, and, I, and obviously I think most people feel like Phillip Rivers is obviously better than the Matthew Stafford, and, the, and in terms of salary, of course, Stafford's making more money. Uh, this offseason was spent for the Lions basically saying, we are going to uh, pound the rock. We're going to become a run-first team. We hired Daryl Bevel, who, of course, worked with the Vikings and Adrian Peterson, the Seahawks and Marshawn Lynch. Those were running teams. And yet here we were last Sunday really seeing the run game again flounder and not do the job, which has been going on for years, and Stafford having to throw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns to put points on the board. And yes, Stafford didn't deliver the victory last Sunday, but I thought the coaches failed him immensely throughout the game. And again, that game plan in the second half, once they led by 18 points, 24 to 6. Uh, you know, this football team is, is determined to to establish the run. So I guess my question for you guys, and Dave, I'll start with you, is, you know, can, can the Lions run the football on the Chargers? John mentioned it before. Uh, you know, Marlon Mack, I think, he went off last week. So the Lions shouldn't have issues running the football Sunday, right? I mean, you would think. I mean, although looking at the stats against the Cardinals, who have a, a much worse defense than the Chargers, the Lions didn't run the ball very, very effectively right. uh, with either C.J. Anderson or uh, carry on Johnson. They just they didn't get any traction. So, I mean, yeah, they essentially should. I mean, Marlon Mack went off. I mean, he almost hit 200 yards rushing, and uh, it was a tale of two halves as far as the rushing uh, defense was concerned. In the first half, the Chargers limited the, the Colts' rushing attack to about 2.7 yards per carry. But in that second half, they pretty much doubled that. And uh, so, uh, yeah, they, the Chargers have a lot of work to do to, to correct those second-half issues. And a lot of that is just not taking your foot off the gas. I think 
the Chargers need to put games away when they're ahead, and they did not do that. So to answer your question, can essentially the, the Lions run the football against the Chargers? I mean, all all points are considering are pointing to absolutely, uh, and that's going to be a big key if they can maintain that balance they're going to be able to slow down the chargers pass rush which will absolutely be keying in on running matthew stafford over man oh man matt Derry with you locked on lions john kegley dave drogemeyer locked on chargers the wednesday crossover you know john david's just talking about stopping the ground game now the chargers are down to what three or four regular cornerbacks uh what's the deal with the secondary we already know about derwin james now davis out how banged up is that secondary well we had a, a camp battle competition that we were excited for that never happened, and that was Michael Davis versus Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams was the starter a couple of years ago who was a guy that developed and became pretty good, and then he started getting hurt, and Michael Davis started developing. We were on this show, like, pounding the table, going, when is this guy going to turn his head around when the ball's in the air? Because he's always next to the receiver, and he never turns his head around. He gets a P.I. or the ball gets caught over his head. Once he turned his head around, Michael Davis was – starting to look like Trevor Williams. We had two good corners, but who's going to be the other guy? We had Casey Hayward, Desmond King. Who's the other guy? Trevor Williams never really came back from his injury yet, so that's one guy that's down. Michael Davis ended up getting a hamstring injury in the game, so now he's down, and we just released our uh, practice squad guy, Keeman Hall, so the Chargers have to have something in the works for a quarterback. I don't know if they're going to go in free agency and look at guys like Brent Grimes or something, but... There, there's going to be somebody that's supposed to be coming in, according to some Chargers sources, to fill that cornerback role. Who it is, I don't know, but the safeties, with Derwin James being out, Rayshon Jenkins can hit, can tackle, but he doesn't have the ability to cover both sides of the field. That's not what a strong safety is supposed to do, but when with how bad the Colts are running the ball in us the second half, we need a guy that's supposed to be getting over to the sideline to sideline to make that game, that touchdown-saving tackle, and he couldn't do that. And that's why Marlon Mack got a 63-yard touchdown run on us. And we need to see more of Nazir Adderley. If we can get more of him on the field, I think we could actually be a lot better stopping the run. But I think we can let Rayshon Jenkins run loose at attacking the line of scrimmage. It's uh, it's interesting because you know the Lions' offense, like like I talked about, Really is is keying on the run, and wanting to run the football. But from what you guys you know are saying, I mean, it sounds like the secondary is a mess. I know Aaron Colvin was just released by the Texans. That's a guy that was inactive last year for the playoff game, and then a lot of Texans fans thought there's no way he would be back. Came back, helped blow the game for him on Monday night. Uh, that could be an emergency guy for the Chargers, but. You know, Matt, usually at home is when Matthew Stafford is most comfortable and, and can sling the, the the rock around. The one thing that for you guys to look out for if you're the Chargers, and we'll mention it too coming up after the break with the keys, is TJ Hawkinson, the, the rookie tight end for the Lions, taking number eight. A lot of fans were very upset about the pick. They're like, uh-oh, another first-round tight end. Brandon Pettigrew, a first-round tight end years ago, a bust. Eric Ebron, a first-round tight end a few years ago, a bust, at least here. He goes to the Colts and scores like 1,000 touchdowns last year. But Hawkinson's really good, and I think if, 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 you're, if I'm the Chargers this week, that's one thing they're, they're going to really have to r- work on is we can't let T.J. Hawkinson get caught one-on-one out in the secondary against a slower linebacker or, or a safety. they got, they got to maneuver some corners in that spot to, to, to stay with Hawkinson. Big target, had a huge game, a historical game, with 131 yards uh, on Sunday against the Cardinals, most for a rookie in his debut ever. And you know, you guys know about good tight ends out there with Gates and, and back in the day, Kellen Winslow. 
Uh, those guys never did what Hawkinson did this past week. So he's a beast, and we'll see uh, see if the Lions can exploit that uh, coming up on Sunday. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, Hawkinson's definitely a guy that, uh, after watching that game against the Cardinals, a guy you absolutely have to key in on. It looked like Matthew Stafford had a, a good rapport with the rookie already, and that's absolutely somebody we got to take away. Another guy that I saw that was all over the field that doesn't surprise me, but is Danny Amendola, another guy that was over 100 yards receiving. You had two guys that went over 100 yards receiving against uh, the Cardinals, but I'm not as worried about the pass defense as I am the run de- the run defense. I'm a lot more secure there's a lot more guys in the secondary that I, I believe can can make plays and get stops. And I, mean, I think if they put Desmond King, our slot corner, our, our all-pro slot corner, on TJ Hawkinson, I think that would be a really good matchup. He's not very tall, but he's very physical. He has great athleticism. He's also uh, doubles as the punt returner. So that would be a very interesting matchup to watch uh, coming on Sunday. All right, Matt, Dave, and John coming up next. Keys to Sunday's game, Lions and Chargers. We'll get to that and also predictions right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We'll take a timeout and come right back on the Wednesday crossover. Awesome stuff there, guys. I definitely feel like I know how you guys think this game is going to play out. But if you think you know how this game is going to play out, you're definitely going to want to head over to my bookie. It's fast, it's easy, and it's a betting website where you win, they pay. Let's face it. Where you're betting at is just as important as who you're betting on. And I wouldn't be telling you guys to go to any other site if I didn't think MyBookie was the absolute best site to go to. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet on football this season already, make sure you're doing it with MyBookie. Did you know that you could bet on games after kickoff? If by the second half it looks like your bet is going to lose, you can always take the other side. That's awesome. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all of your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings by a ton. And no matter how much you bet, the NFL season is the best time of the year. Join now and my bookie will double your first deposit with the promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on, guys. You throw in a hundred bucks, they're gonna match that hundred dollars for free when you go to mybookie.ag today. And use that promo code locked on. You play, you win, you get paid. I'm Matt Terry, locked on Lions. Dave and John, locked on Chargers. The Wednesday crossover. All right, fellas, uh, John, uh, let's let's get your keys here. What you know, if you're the Chargers, how do you win this football game? We, we we've gone 13 minutes on this damn show, fellas, and we've mentioned Austin Eckler yet. But uh, hopefully, he's a part of uh, the conversation as we talk about keys. But what, what do you think, John? Well, based on what I've seen with the Lions so far, it seems like Matt Patricia loves to have the Lions doing this four-man rush and drop everyone back. And rightfully so, the D-line they have is pretty good, and they can cause some havoc. And with the offensive line we have, I expect them to do the same thing again. So if you're the Chargers, you mentioned the guy, Austin Eckler, you're going to have to establish the run somehow with with only four guys rushing, sometimes five. So sometimes the Lions bring that linebacker blitz make it five guys but you're gonna have to find a way to force them to bring guys closer to the line if you can't do that then it's gonna be a long day throwing the ball because there's gonna be guys sitting out there in zone just waiting for you to try to throw it at them and if you throw it short for three yards you're just gonna be putting the ball so it's gotta be establishing the run early and being able to bring those lines defenders up closer and you'll be able to complete passes a little bit deeper down the field with hunter henry and keenan allen and those guys 
so since John took the uh, the offensive approach, I'm going to go to the defensive side. And I think traditionally, uh, when teams would pressure Matthew Stafford, he would start to kind of feel ghosts and feel pressure that was not there, and it would greatly affect the way he would play the rest of the game. So my key is to harass. Matthew Stafford early and often, and I think uh, the way to do that is to put Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram on the same side, rushing at the the same direction. Whenever they do that, they have tremendous success. We only saw it a couple of times on Sunday. I expect to see it a lot more this Sunday against Matthew Stafford. I think uh, whenever he's under duress, he starts to try to play hero ball like uh, Philip Rivers does and uh, makes mistakes. So we want to make it as uncomfortable as possible, and that means blitz, blitz, blitz. As good as having Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa on the same side is, the Lions last year with Matt Patricia did run some trick plays, including one where they used, I believe it was their offensive lineman Decker as a receiver. So if you're going to have two of your star players on one side, you're going to have somebody watching the other side because I'm sure the Lions are going to have some kind of a trick play ready for that. I'll say this. Uh, that's a great point, John. I'll say this about Taylor Decker. I highly doubt they're going to be using him as a receiver this week because he spent an extra time this week remembering how to block. I don't know what happened Sunday. This is a former first-round pick that got absolutely torched by Chandler Jones and 57-year-old Terrell Suggs. Uh, It it was unbelievable. Uh, If you guys watch the tape, I mean, he got beat and beaten badly all day. And and that's the problem with the Lions. The Lions have added a lot of depth under Bob Quinn, uh, the GM in year four. Very deep at secondary all of a sudden. They're very deep up front on the D-line. Very deep at tight end. uh, Very deep at running back all of a sudden. But the depth problems that they have on the O-line really much cost them this past Sunday because Taylor Decker was so bad, just had such an off day, three penalties, got beaten badly uh, numerous times. They, they can't sit him down for a series. I mean, they rotate guards. You'll see Kenny Wiggins, the former Charger out there, uh, at one guard spot, Graham Glasgow, Joe Dahl, and they'll rotate those three at guard. But their depth isn't very good at the tackle position where they could say to Decker, you can't hang with these guys. Sit, sit for a series, and we'll put Tyrell Crosby out there. Crosby's not ready. So, to me, the Joey Bo. If I'm the Chargers, I'm I'm putting Bosa over left tackle all day and going to Decker because he he was shell shocked last Sunday. You hope uh, the Lions have got to hope that he plays better. Uh, it's the worst game he's ever played, uh, and he's been in the league now three four years. It, it was it was bad. So the key for me is going to be the Decker Bosa matchup. You mentioned before with Ingram, if they run some games up there, uh, Decker and who's ever at left guard have got to communicate or else it, it could be a, a long day uh, for Matthew Stafford. And, and really my second key for this game also with the Lions is going to be uh, the kicking game and the return game. The Lions had a punt block this past Sunday, return game with Jamal Agnew, who was a, a, a alternate pro bowler two years ago, uh, was awful. Um, the Lions had lousy field position all day on Sunday. Agnew dropped a punt, which cost him three points, and Sam Martin had a kick blocked. Lions have got to clean up their special teams um, because I know that that's you know that that's been an area over the years, and I didn't see a lot of your game uh, the other day, but where the Chargers have been pretty solid. So that that would be another key for me is that if it comes down to a Prater long field goal or Sam Martin. You know, having to pin the Chargers back deep with a couple minutes to go up seven, something like that, that the Lions actually execute because uh, John Bottomigo's uh, crew, the def- the uh, special teams coach, his his crew this past Sunday got uh, got embarrassed. It was uh, not a good showing, certainly, um, against the Cardinals. Hey, Matthew, let me ask you, man. Uh, 
for the Chargers offense, yeah. who on that offensive unit kind of scares you and, and you got to say, hey, you know, this is a guy we cannot allow to beat us on Sunday? Well, I mean, the, the Keenan Allen matchup against Darius Slay should be interesting. I mean, you guys know Keenan better than me, but boy, is he a special player. Uh, you know, Eckler is all over the place. Uh, and what a job he's doing in the place of, of Melvin Gordon. Lions did a better job this past Sunday against tight ends. That's been a problem over the last few years. I think their linebackers are better now. You know, Rivers is just a winner. So, you know, he just seems to find ways to win. But, you know, like I said, I mean, to me, Keenan Allen's really, really good. And But I think Darius Slay is up to the challenge. If they line up Allen in the slot, that wouldn't be a bad thing for the Chargers to try to get him away from Darius Slay. But other than Larry Fitzgerald kind of waking up in the fourth quarter in overtime, the Lions' pass defense was pretty good this past uh this past Sunday, so you know we'll see what happens. John, you were going to say something. I was going to mention it with Agnew. Uh, I I remember him from when he was at University of San Diego. Yeah, uh, and he showed up in the preseason his rookie year, and I was like, oh my god, this guy is not someone I want to see the Chargers play in a couple of years. And he, sure enough, here we go. He's still on the team. <laughs> and, yeah. No, you know, and, and here's he's he's a good he's a very good return man. He's very shaky. He's very shaky at corner. And there were some third-down opportunities this past Sunday where Agnew was had to be on the field as kind of a depth guy at corner and uh, didn't perform very well. His, his roster spot right now is a little shaky, uh, even though two years ago he was unbelievable. We're kind of bad at tackling. I mean, we, you can see that in the Colts game if you watch it. We were missing some tackles. We, were, we had guys like wrapped up, and they somehow get free and score touchdowns on us. And that's just a problem we've had the past couple of years. So... I would like to argue that with Agnew and Carryon Johnson, tackling is going to be huge for the Chargers. I think that's a really big key that we need to make sure we touch on here is the Chargers tackling. Because Carryon Johnson's a strong, speedy running back, and he can run you over and break through your tackle if you do not tackle him. And Agnew, with his speed and his elusiveness, can also just make one guy miss and take a punt from being inside at like 15 to all the way to the 50-yard line. That's a field position battle the Chargers do not want to be getting into. No, I agree, and I, I think the Lions this week need to give on Johnson some more touches. They seem to be doing this rotation with C.J. Anderson. This is what they did similar with LeGarrette Blunt last year. But this is year two for on and he's a pretty good back. And splitting time with C.J. Anderson, no offense to C.J. Anderson, he's a solid pro, but this is a guy that was cut a couple of years ago. So... Watch for that. I, I will wonder Sunday if Carryon Johnson gets uh, gets more touches. All right, prediction time. Dave, uh, what do you see Sunday? Uh, the Chargers going to get to two and zero? Yeah, unfortunately for Lions fans out there, I think the pass rush, especially on the Chargers side, is going to be a little bit too much for that Lions offensive line to uh, handle. I think they haven't. They're probably not going to go up against the pass rushing duo of this strength. Uh, for the most of the rest of this season, and I think it's going to give them fits. You already said, mentioned that they have some issues at left tackle. The Chargers share those same issues. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, uh, the, the Lions don't have the same quality of pass rushers that the Chargers do. And I, I think at the end of the, the, the day, that's going to change the outcome of this game, uh, and the Chargers are going to win this one. Uh, I think it's going to be very high scoring. Uh, I think it's going to be a 35-24 to 24 Chargers victory. Wow. John, uh, you agree with Dave? So I had a hard time picking this game just because of what I saw against the Colts. So I decided to go with a tiebreaker. I am a stat geek. I love to look at the all-time series notes, and that's usually my tiebreaker if I have trouble picking who to win. 
And the Chargers have won seven of the last eight games against the Lions. That one loss was when Calvin Johnson just made us his little five-year-old and just destroyed us 38-10. So I'm going to have to go with the Chargers winning this game. I think it could be high-scoring as well. And I'm going to go around 38-35 Chargers win. Yeah, I, I do recall that game that uh, propelled the Lions into the playoffs a couple of years ago. Um, yeah, I, I don't, you know, and obviously we're recording this early in the week, and, and I I hate doing predictions this early, but we got to do it. I I, I, I I think the Lions, I think the Lions will win. I, you know, they're coming home. You, you can hear me. I'm stuttering. I'm stammering, fellas. I, I, I was so stunned at Sunday's game, not because the Lions are some hotshot team, and I think they are better, and they're better than people think, but... Boy, oh boy, not to not to take care of Arizona, but I think coming home, like you mentioned, very very thin secondary for the Chargers. Uh, you know, shaky at left tackle. The Lions' pass rush, Dave, is very good. I, you're right about Ingram and Bosa being individually good, but remember, Trey Flowers is an 18 million dollar year player who, by the way, had a horrible game Sunday. So I think Flowers, Snacks, those guys up front bounce back. I'll take the Lions, but I agree with you guys. I think the Lions are going to have to score. I, I see about a 31-27 uh, game, and, and the Lions getting it done. So, appreciate it, fellas. This was a lot of fun. Thanks so much. Hey, absolutely, anytime. And, uh, hey, if these two teams meet up in the Super Bowl, let's do it again. <laughs> we will. All right, those are the voices of Dave Drogemeyer, John Kegley, Locked on Chargers, Matt Derry, Locked on Lions. Wednesday crossover for you. Hope you enjoyed it. Well, that's going to wrap things up for today's show. Definitely want to send a special shout-out to Matthew Derry, over there with Locked On Lions. And if you guys want to, make sure to follow Locked On Lions on Twitter at Locked On Lions so you can stay up to everything going on with the Lions this week before the Chargers take them on on Sunday on their home turf. But we will talk to you guys tomorrow. Until then, make sure to go on Twitter and follow us at Locked On LAC and to like the Facebook page, Locked On Chargers, as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from. You can find the Locked On Chargers podcast there. And if you guys want to get your voice on the show, you know what to do. Call into the Locked On Chargers voicemail line at 323-524-7924. We have a couple voicemails already. So your guys' voicemail could be the next one that gets us to do a voicemail show. And your voice will get on the show because we play every call that we get. But hey, we'll be back with you guys tomorrow previewing this game against the Lions. But until then... Take it easy and go Bolts.